Hey friend, thanks so much for meeting me here at Frothy Monkey in beautiful downtown Franklin, Tennessee. It's a great place to get a good cup of joe and share together in some good conversation. Anyway, be looking at the menu. I know you're new here. Decide what you want. Text it to me. I'm going to go ahead and get in line and place our order. Hey, you're listening to Guat.Rocks, God, the world, and other things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, always advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. This is episode 92, Mean Old Jezebel, subtitled Revelation chapter 2, verses 18 through 29. Jezebel, the deadly tolerance in the righteous church. I've got a lot to say, so let's get right into it. The letter to Thyatira, Revelation chapter 2, verse 18. Write to the angel of the church in Thyatira. Thus says the Son of God, the one whose eyes are like a fiery flame and whose feet are like fine bronze. I know your works, your love, faithfulness, service, and endurance. I know that your last works are greater than the first. But I have this against you. You tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and teaches and deceives my servants to commit sexual immorality and to eat meat sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she does not want to repent of her sexual immorality. Look, I will throw her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into great affliction. Unless they repent of her works, I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am the one who examines minds and hearts, and I will give to each of you according to your works. I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold to this teaching, who haven't known the so-called secrets of Satan, as they say, I am not putting any other burden on you. Only hold on to what you have until I come. The one who conquers and who keeps my works to the end, I will give him authority over the nations, and he will rule them with an iron scepter, and he will shatter them like pottery, just as I have received this from my Father. I will also give him the morning star. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Jesus said that Thyatira's one problem, in spite of all their great righteous attributes, is a toleration of a person who is injecting satanic teaching that results in the chastisement of death in the spiritual children through the vehicles of sexual immorality and idolatry. The heretic woman was identified as a false prophetess named Jezebel. The person's name may have actually been Jezebel, or Christ uses the name of the evil woman Jezebel found in First and Second Kings in the Old Testament as a symbol of this false prophetess's embodiment of hideous, dangerous evil. Jezebel was the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians, also known as the Phoenicians, and she was queen of Ahab, king of northern Israel. Ahab, who served approximately between 874 to 853 BC, carried out a policy which his father perhaps had started of making alliances with other states. The alliance with the Phoenicians was cemented by his marriage with Jezebel, and he subsequently gave his daughter Athaliah in marriage to Jehoram, son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. His own union with Jezebel is regarded as sin in 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 31. Jezebel, along with her husband King Ahab, instituted the worship of Baal and Asherah on a national scale. In addition, she violently purged the prophets of Yahweh from Israel. For these offenses, the Omri dynasty was annihilated, with Jezebel herself suffering the gruesome death of defenestration, meaning that she was thrown out of a window to her death. It says in 2 Kings chapter 9, verses 30-37, When Jehu came to Jezreel, Jezebel heard about it, so she painted her eyes 
fixed her hair, and looked down from the window. As Jehu entered the city gate, she said, Do you come in peace, Zimri, killer of your master? He looked up toward the window and said, Who is on my side? Who? Two or three eunuchs looked down at him, and he said, Throw her down. So they threw her down, and some of her blood splattered on the wall and on the horses, and Jehu rode over her. Then he went in, ate, and drank, and said, Take care of this cursed woman and bury her, since she is a king's daughter. But when they went out to bury her, they did not find anything but the skull, the feet, and the hands. So they went back and told him, and he said, This fulfills the Lord's word that he spoke through his servant Elijah the Tishbite. In the plot of land at Jezreel, the dogs will eat Jezebel's flesh. Jezebel's corpse will be like manure on the surface of the ground in the plot of land at Jezreel, so that no one will be able to say, This is Jezebel. The one called Jezebel in Thyatira, lavishing in the bed of immorality and the exaltation of things above the Creator, will be cast into a bed of suffering and her adulterous lovers into great affliction. The offspring of this satanic orgy, Jesus says he will kill dead, reminiscent of the death of the Old Testament adulterous and idolatrous witch. Don't think he won't do it. The term Jezebel spirit is not specifically a term used in Scripture, but it's a term that we use in reference to someone in contemporary times who has the attributes of the Jezebel of the Old Testament. So let me make it clear. Jezebel can be male or female. It is not the gender of the person, but the doctrine and effects of that doctrine that mirrors the first Jezebel that makes them Jezebel. It is clear due to the fact that sexual immorality and idolatry is the key problem in two out of the seven churches of Asia, these two devastating destructive sins are perched at the doorsteps of us all. We all must hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. We must guard our hearts in the areas of doctrine, relationships, and worship of God. To deviate into heresy can overwhelm us and ultimately result in paying the ultimate price for our sin and disobedience by God striking us dead. Some key takeaways from this letter to the church at Thyatira are these. Number one, immorality and idolatry is not far from each of us. It is one deceitful false teaching away. Each of us should take heed lest we fall. Number two, the cancel culture has been with us since the church began. It's not something new. And by cancel culture in the church, I mean the rush to hush or to quell any dissenting voice regarding something that is happening in the church and the leniency and excuses made by the church on behalf of the deadly false teacher and false spokesperson for God results in the ultimate punishment on earth, death, being executed by Jesus himself. Tolerance of the bold, arrogant, strong personality who is a perpetrator of Satan's carries with it the death penalty. The existence of a Jezebel is an intolerable situation, and the consequences for the toleration are devastating. Number three, we are fearful to point fingers, yet there comes a time to speak and stand. Great blessings of true strength, power, and fellowship with Jesus are promised to the ones who stay pure, who don't engage in the heresy, and who do the hard thing now, and stay the course of right actions. That's key, folks staying to the tasks that Christ has set before us. Fourth, repentance is possible. We must ring the bell of warning with boldness to guard our own hearts against deceit and decline and rescue others from the impending disaster of following a Jezebel. In closing, I want you to hear the so what of this broadcast. How is it possible that someone so overtly evil can exist in such a righteous church? 
And what can we as individuals do about it? The recording I embed here was made on my iPhone this morning when I first awakened. I went to bed with all the research and Bible study in my head with the question of, so what? How does this fit in today? How do I get my mind around this? Then, after sleeping on it, the Lord gave me my mind dump, this data dump, then consolidated the study into this. It's a rough-sounding recording compared to my studio setup, but it says what it needs to say in a sort of stream-of-consciousness flow. It just came out of my head, but when I recorded it and listened to it, the Lord really impressed me. Leave it alone. Let it stand on its own. Friend, as always, if you have any questions regarding this or any podcast, feel free to contact me in the email provided in the show notes. So I close today's podcast with the recording from this morning. Thoughts about the person Jezebel and her influence in being able to successfully carry out the destructive false teachings, uh, the supposed uh, secret things of Satan. The thing to remember is that most likely in her teaching, she was not openly touting her doctrine as the deep secrets of Satan. These are things that Jesus is saying, the so-called secrets of Satan. And yet at the same time, it very well may be uh, the most outlandish form of heresy in the fact of teaching that uh, in the same way in the garden that Satan said to Eve, did God really say, with the implication that God was holding back on the deeper truths of his way And so Satan, from the beginning, casting dispersions on God and thereby inferring that he has the true inside story on God and the ways in which God is holding out his truth regarding uh, eternal life. So Eve was deceived into sinning because Satan convinced her that there was something more than what God was telling her and that if she was to become in possession of the knowledge, that she would become like God, knowing uh, the difference between good and evil. And so we see that what Jesus is saying to the church there in Thyatira, that the same technique used at the very beginning, that of deceitful doctrine that's delivered by Satan that casts dispersions on a holy God and the accusations through the instruction, through the doctrine that in fact God is not giving us the full inside story for true living. Then the doctrine is not the doctrine of the proliferation of sexual immorality or of idolatry. The doctrine is the purported deep secrets of Satan that God is withholding and the indication that the doctrine has taken hold is then manifested in the external, the visible results of sexual immorality and idolatry, worshiping things or people rather than worshiping God. The way that that can be manifested today that I've seen in my personal ministry is actually it can take on either the the uh, outlandish, uh, outright uh, promotion of licentiousness as a way to honor the holy God Or it can also take on the attribute of extreme legalism or legalism as a means to uh, come into full fellowship with the Holy God. And legalism would be uh, the restriction of activity for the purposes of uh, 
satisfying or appeasing a righteous God. But the Apostle Paul makes it clear both legalism and licentiousness are powerless to restrain the indulgences of the flesh. Something that you need to look for in your church or in the group of people that you associate with on a regular basis who are called Christians is to see if, in fact, that they may be holding to a doctrine that is extremely strict in the area of morality. And it has the cloak of righteousness and superiority when in fact, behind the scenes, it may actually be a gateway into uh, gross immorality. And perhaps I've shared the story before of someone in my past that I worked with who was female, who as a young woman, uh, you could tell in her younger years, she was very pretty, uh, that she worked for a world-renowned organization as the key administrative assistant to the founder of the organization. And the founder of the organization had never been married, and yet that he convinced her that her sexual relationships with him was a means of worshiping God and honoring God, and that she was meeting his physical needs. And as she began to realize, and she succumbed to the, the pressures because she was told that to not do so would to cast her outside the umbrella of God's grace. In fact, her sexual conduct with him was actually an act of worship to God. And she was abused for about a dozen years when she finally uh, made the decision that she could no longer live uh, this life of sin and she broke from the organization. But by the time she told me her story, she was a middle-aged woman who had never married, who had had her mind corrupted, and uh, she suffered in some forms of mental illness. The last time I saw the person was in a checkout line at the grocery store sometime after having worked with her, and her condition, you could tell just by her physical appearance that her condition had uh, mentally and emotionally deteriorated more with time. And as a matter of fact, when I spoke to her, she was under the tutelage of someone who was an elderly woman by this time, quite old, uh, but a spiritual leader in the church that I had grown up in. And she uh, was being uh, ministered to by this woman that I know in an effort to bring this abused woman to a place of, uh, of stability in her life as an older woman now. The manifestation of these deep secrets of Satan may actually take on the appearance of devout uh, legalism or devout moral purity. So you have to look at the entire picture of the person in question. And just because what they say with their mouth may appear to be very holy and very separate and very pure, you have to step back and look at the long-term ramifications of what is their doctrine producing. I also served with someone who was developing special classes for uh, mentoring and discipleship as a part of the staff. We were all encouraged to participate in this. It was building a small army of devoted followers and the application to be a part of this Christian growth, Christian discipleship program uh, was, I think it was a 10-page application. Within the 10-page application were serious questions regarding your sexual background, if you had been uh, sexually abused as a child, if uh, you had been sexually promiscuous uh, before marriage, uh, if you had had, I think if you had had an abortion. But all of these questions regarding a person's past sexual experience, uh, when I saw the questionnaire, I was deeply disturbed because in all of my thinking, I could not 
find a reason that anyone in discipling of others would require that you give them your background information regarding your sexual past. It's unheard of. It was an immediately a flag for me, and I refused to be a part of the program. But it was astounding uh, of how many people, uh, including many, many, many women, who, to be in the program, they filled out the 10-page questionnaire. And it was a major flag for me because as a trained minister of the gospel of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and having been in the ministry for 45 years, that what I understand is that for a pastor to come into intimate knowledge of someone's past, especially in the area of sexual abuse, sexual molestation, or sexual promiscuity, that if the person has an evil heart or evil intent, uh, that a, a, a gifted pastor, someone who's highly trained, can use this intimate knowledge as a means to uh, accost or sexually abuse or manipulate this individual, perhaps into further sexual sin with a pastor in the power position and in one of respected authority and, and knowing that they are in a position that is elevated in regards to how people view them, that they, with proper techniques, can then turn and use their knowledge as a means to overtake and overcome someone who has been damaged in the past. And so if you are in a church where these types of characteristics are being manifested, even though the one that you follow, whether it be male or female in organization, that if there is this in, intense interest in your sexual past or in a constant discussion of sexuality, that this should be a flag to you that perhaps you have someone who is of a Jezebel spirit. And though their doctrines, their teaching content does not say uh, err into sexual morality or err into idolatry. In fact, the end result very well may be one of those two outcomes or both. Jesus is telling the church at Thyatira that he sees it, he's aware of what they're doing, that the doctrine is destructive, and that those who are engaged in this activity are going to be cast onto a bed of suffering, and their offspring, the people that are birthed, who are overtaken in this fault, that he is going to give them the most severe judgment and that he is going to take them out. And we have to keep in mind that Jesus is not speaking in a figurative fashion. He is speaking for real. And so he's calling a spade a spade and that the doctrine that is being taught, though on the surface may not be perceptible as so, that the doctrine being taught is in fact of the devil, that Satan is its author. And that people are giving instruction of the so-called deeper secrets of Satan because they, in fact, are going into their closets and their private closets and they are being instructed by demons, that they are teaching doctrines of demons in the midst of this church that as a whole was, by all accounts, a shining example of Christianity that they had one huge glaring fact is that they tolerated Jezebel. And so it is a paradox. It's something that we can't understand, that we can't fully grasp as to how this is possible, that a church that has all the attributes of a growing church, Jesus says that you're more than you were at the beginning, so they have all the appearances of people who are spiritually growing, 
and manifesting all of the attributes of a healthy Christian church, that in the end, there may be one glaring deficiency that is damning, that is condemning, and that of the spirit of Jezebel that is being allowed to operate in their midst. And it is astounding that as I investigated the whole concept of Jezebel, it is astounding that every article I read from the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, the Anchor Bible Encyclopedia, which is the quintessential Bible encyclopedia that is valid for use in critical papers and PhD studies, that the Biblical Archaeological Review, a news article in the newspaper, that all of their evaluations regarding Jezebel is to revisit and to give a pass to purport that uh, part of the problem in the Old Testament regarding the account of Jezebel was a, a, a skewed mind from an unlearned uh, source, from a neophyte approach that was underdeveloped uh, due to the time in history, but that in fact, um, Jezebel was not all that she was uh, purported to be. She was not that bad. Though she was a murderer, and though she was a conniver, and though she was a false teacher, but she also was uh, cast down and cast into dispersion because she was a strong woman uh, personality and that she was a power to be reckoned with. And in the old uh, patriarchal society, they did not know what to do with that. And also the same in the first century church, that it was unheard of for a woman to hold a position of authority and as a position of teaching to the masses. So the bottom line is we have to have our ears open, our eyes open. We have to look at things without making excuses. We have to see them for what they actually are. And if we will look at things with the mind of the Spirit and with the honesty of Christ, that we will become aware of things that we are tolerating in our midst, in our churches, that are actually at the core, uh, the spirit of Jezebel at work in someone specific that is having a damaging, extremely damaging, deadly effect on the body of believers. Now, the good news is, is that Christ makes it clear that he's calling on these who have participated in this, uh, in this false doctrine, in this false teaching, they have the opportunity to repent, but he's already put out the death warrant that he's going to strike them dead if they don't repent. And he's not speaking in figurative terms here. And we have to keep in mind that the Apostle Paul says that when they received the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner, that Paul said that some of you sleep, which means God struck them dead. In the early church, when Ananias and Sapphira sold a piece of property, they wanted to be to appear to be more devout than they actually were. And so they misrepresented to the apostles when they brought their offering uh, as to the cost of the, the price, the selling price of the land. And then when questioned as to if that was actually the selling price of the land, and they said yes, then they were struck dead. And they were told uh, prior to their being struck dead that while the land was still in their possession and while the money was still in their care, that they were free to do with it whatever they wanted. They were not under compulsion, but their their desire to lie to the Holy Spirit was an inexcusable sin that was now going to be punished by the chastisement of death. 
And the Bible says that God struck them dead and then it created a sense of, of uh, really a fear, a reverential fear in the body of Christ to see, as Christ says in this letter to Thyatira, that, that I see and I know what's going on and I know what's going on in your minds and in your hearts and that I'm not gonna sit back and let injurious actions to the entire body of Christ go on. That he is going to police his body and he is going to take action. For those of us who have a heart, as Jesus said, for those who haven't participated in this, to hold fast, don't vacillate, don't capitulate. And in the end, you're going to rule and you're gonna rule with great authority and, uh, and action where it talks about the shattering of the pottery. And a, and a rod of iron. And so the day is coming to where we will not be the ones who are under constant assault from doctrine uh, of demons coming through false prophets and prophetesses in our midst that we will overcome and that we will withstand and that the onslaught against our spirituality, against our physical and spiritual and emotional and mental health and safety will one day be, be put to rest and that we will prevail and that we will rule with Christ and success. And he promises us that not only will we have the power and we will have the, the uh, preservation, but that we're going to have his presence uh, in the midst, that he's going to give us the morning star. And the scripture talks about Jesus being that morning star. And so with that, my friend, I bid you peace.